This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. Hey, American fuckers, I'm Sonny Megatron, and I'm actually without Ken Melvoin Berg today because he is out of town this week, but have no fear, you will hear him in the interview portion of this episode, which is episode 65 of American Sex Podcast. But uh, since Ken's not here, come come closer. Come here. I want to tell you a little secret. Tomorrow, October 30th, is Ken's birthday. And not only is it his birthday, not only any old birthday. No, 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 no. This is the big 5-0. Ken is 50. So please, please let him know he's loved and appreciated on his half-century milestone by reaching out to him on social media. His handle is PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. And for you sharp fuckers out there, it's actually Psychic Ken. I know. I didn't know that for years. Like, I think we were married when I figured that out. But He's at almost everywhere. You can just search Ken Milvoin Berg and he'll usually pop up on whatever social media. And another thing that Ken loves is boobs, boobs of all shapes and sizes. So if that's something you're comfortable with tweeting to him or maybe sending him private message, I know that he would love that. You know what? I wonder if we can do like 50 boobs for 50 years or something. That would be kind of cool. Or that, I don't know, boobs usually come in pairs, not always. So would that be 25 boobs? I don't know. Let's just see what happens. That would be awesome. Hey, Ken, if you're listening, you better be listening. <laughs> but happy birthday. I love you, Schmokey. So that is the good news. So I have some not so good news, too. So are you having problems finding American Sex Podcast in podcast players? A lot of people are. Or are you finding American Sex, but when you go to play it, it's strangely not our podcast at all? There is a reason for that happening. There's another sex podcast based out of Los Angeles that chose the same name as us, American Sex, and it's causing all sorts of problems. I'm getting messages for people on the daily thinking that they're us, we're them, vice versa, everyone's confused. In addition to having the same name, their URL, their email, and their social media handles are near identical to ours as well. Yeah, if you're thinking that sounds a little shady, so the hell do we. Anyway, they've been around since April, but things really came to a head about a week or so ago when I learned that podcast players are mixing us up as well, and that's causing huge headaches. So in some podcast players, you can type in American Sex, and neither of our podcasts pop up at all. Just the podcast players, the tech end, it gets confused and nothing pops up. So you need to search our author name. So if you just pop in Sunny Megatron and you'll find us that way. I know for sure that's happening in Google Podcasts and Pocket Casts. And it very well could be happening in other podcast players, but I don't have all of them. So hey, shoot me a note if you notice we're not popping up in a podcast player that I didn't mention. But in other 
players, they're combining our listings into one show page. So this is a mess. This happened on TuneIn. I emailed them, went back and forth with support. They finally fixed it. But when you went to our podcast page on TuneIn, you would see their episode art. You would have their audio files, so their episodes. But we would be the authors and our description would be there. It was so damn confusing. So I'm telling you this for a number of reasons. One, if you're having problems finding us, this is exactly why you're not imagining it. There's a reason. Two, if you're recommending us to others, which I know a lot of you do, and thank you so much, it's important you mention this to them and tell them to look out for our distinctive yellow logo. And almost always our name, Sunny Megatron and Ken Melvoinberg, are going to be associated with the podcast somewhere. And the same goes for social media. They're pretty active on Instagram, also Twitter. So I'm getting you know messages from folks that they're confused there as well. So remember, if you're looking for the podcast hosted by one guy, that has a ton of Burning Man people as guests and many, many, many black and white photos of thin, conventionally attractive, white, cishet normative folks on their Instagram and Twitter feeds. <laughs> that is not us. If you're looking for, I don't know, well, everything that is absolutely not that, then you're in the right place. Come hang with us. There's one other reason I mentioned this too. It's screwing us up in the money department. It's hard to get sponsorship because of this mix-up. They're capitalizing off of our SEO and our reputation and, in essence, poaching our listeners. Yeah, so it really is affecting us. How you can help that is please hop on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and or written review. Also, hit that subscribe button no matter what podcast player you listen to us on. All of that helps a ton and it helps reverse some of the damage that all of this mix-up has caused. On to this week's guest, we are talking to BBW porn performer and escort Kendra Lee Ryan. Now, Kendra has been a sex worker for nine years. She started out at age 18 as an exotic dancer. She did that for a couple of years, along with dabbling in some sugar daddy arrangements. And then in 2011, she hopped on over to webcamming. At age 21, she started filming BBW porn. Escorting was her next venture, which she had always somewhat dabbled in, but finally dove into full time. But at age 24, she decided to quit it all. She went back to school. She got a couple of, quote, normal jobs and earned her beautician's license from Paul Mitchell. However, she realized that sex work was really her first love and dove back in in 2017. This, unfortunately, was just as SESTA-FOSTA devastated the sex work industry. Today, she's still a porn performer and an escort, but getting clients and staying safe is much more difficult than it was pre-SESTA-FOSTA. I really love this conversation with Kendra. You know, from her experiences and many different facets of sex work, we talk about, you know, exactly why she's passionate about it, um, why she chose this profession, and actually how her developing sexuality growing up led to her loving it 
so much. We talk about the types of clients she gets, and of course, the impact that Sesta Fosta has had on her and the whole industry, how it's impacted the screening tools for sex workers. We also talk about just the general frustration of sex work. When do some of the negatives start to outweigh the positives? We dive into BBW porn as well, and the need to do away with some of the problematic genres in the porn industry. Now, before we dive into that interview, I want to give you a little refresher on SESTA-FOSTA. SESTA stands for the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, and FOSTA stands for Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. So basically, these acts make it where websites are responsible for even unknowingly enabling anything that could turn out to be sex trafficking. And they're not only responsible, they're responsible by jail time. The employees of these companies can actually go to to prison if you use one of their services to sex traffic. So that could be anything from Gmail. It could be Facebook. I mean, literally, it's the internet where you can communicate with people privately and publicly. So as a result, all of these websites started to clamp down and protect themselves. And they ended up taking the tools that kept sex workers safe a way to protect themselves. These are tools that allowed them to screen clients. And this has had a negative ripple effect throughout the whole industry. So everything from you know making it more difficult to make money to actually making sex work more dangerous. There are sex workers that are being you know forced to interact with unscreened clients, which has resulted in a marked increase in violence and even death of sex workers. And it's also affected online or quote legal sex work as well, making business more difficult for all facets of sex work. It's even trickled down to sex educators like myself because, hey, they don't know if I'm actually a sex trafficker. And even things like massage therapists, they took the the therapeutic services section down on Craigslist. Massage therapists can't advertise for their services anywhere because these websites are like, well, how do we know you're doing a, quote, legit massage? You could be a sex trafficker. So there's been a lot of devastating effects from SESTA-FOSTA. If you listen to episode 36 of our podcast with Kitty Stryker, it'll give you a great refresher on the impact of SESTA-FOSTA. Before we get to Kendra Lee Ryan, I know you know what time it is. It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Big welcome and heartfelt appreciation to the awesome folks that joined our Patreon family this week. Thank you, LaTanya, Angel, David, and Misty. We could not do this podcast without your support. Thanks for recognizing the importance of open, healthy, and shame-free dialogues about sex. And by the way, all of you listening who aren't LaTanya, Angel, David, or Misty, if you're not an American Sex Podcast Patreon member, you should be. You're going to get bonus stories from our guests, extra episodes, personal video greetings, random surprises in the mail, and American Sex podcast stickers. They're going to every single October Patreon member. So hop on over to patreon.com slash American sex and join the 102 other folks in our Patreon family. Yeah, we finally cracked 100. Woohoo! I got some other cool news for you. 
Ken and I are educators at the biggest BDSM video learning library on the internet, Kink Academy. Our eight-part Electric Play series was released this month. If you head on over to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Kink Academy Electric, it'll take you right to our instructor page. And when you join Kink Academy, you not only get our educational videos, you get access to the entire library of over 2,000 videos from some of the most sought after kink educators in the world. And they teach on every subject you can imagine from beginner to advanced level techniques. One last thing, real quick, before we get to Kendra. You know we're coming up on episode 69, right? And we've got something real special planned. Every time we say 69, the 12-year-old inside your brain giggles. <laughs> 69. Well, us too. We want your thoughts about 69. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you have a funny story about that one time that you tried 69ing and it turned out to be a disaster? Whatever it is, we want to hear it. Email us about the sex position 69, whether it's a story or maybe a question about 69ing, and we'll answer your question or share your thoughts anonymously, of course. We're not going to, you know, give you up to your grandma because you know your grandma listens to American Sex Podcast too, right? Anyway, we're going to put you in our special ode to 69ing episode coming up in four weeks. Without further ado, here is Kendra Lee Ryan. Yeah, our sound equipment buzzes if we get our phones too close. Oh, fun. Is, it, is it the headphone jack? It's the headphone like, jack, yeah. It's can you, you keep fiddle w- with it? It's because you keep w- wiggling it, honey. Okay. <laughs> Put it on this side and set All it right. on this side. Wiggle it the right way, and then we'll set it straight. There you go. All right, cool. I'm going to flick it. I'm going to flick it. Do you like flick that? It. You like that, whore? You like that, don't you? Wet your finger a little. Wet your finger a little. Okay. I'm going to stick my other finger Just in your ass now. You like yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> Now go into the corner and think about what a bad girl you are. (laughs) You're a bad girl, Kendra. Your you corner right now. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. God damn. <laughs> it's been too I'm, long. <laughs> you know what? This may not end up on the digital cutting room cloud. I may have to make this bonus content. A video uh, voice three way over the phone. It got <laughs> real dirty real fast. <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, what did he say to me earlier? Okay, so we're trying to fix the cable to see if we could fix it or the internet. And he's like, I need a female to female coaxial cable. And I was like, oh, girl on girl scissoring. Is that like scissoring? I'm like, I was do they amused. need to fist each other? He's like, shut up. The cable's broken. I'm like, it's kind of funny. I want to watch porn now. Totally. How are we going to watch porn with no cable? <laughs> okay, oh, well, shit. We have to go old school. DVDs. We actually have to own DVD. Yeah. If, that, if we owned a DVD player or a Blu ray, oh, which you we don't. Even- what? No, we yeah. don't. Oh we're my all gosh. digital. We're all we're digital. All digital. We have kids, man. Like every like that we started doing that years ago because like I would have a copy of Skyrim that they would ruin. Oh and no. And so we just yeah. started to get electronic copies Everything, of music, yeah. of video games and Yeah. No, I'm I'm just saying I'm digging the way our conversation is going. Should we just say we started? <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Are you down with that? Yeah. Yeah, but we should probably not mention anything about I was gonna cut that out. Yeah, just cut yeah, that out. Just now I have to cut this out too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yay, we started. We are talking with and having a great conversation with Kendra Lee Ryan. And (laughs) yay. And I'm doubly happy because you are one of my favorite adult stars. I absolutely love your videos. 
Um, and at the end, we will definitely have some of the info for you. For if you have like an OnlyFans and stuff like that, we'll have that in our show notes. And I know you have an OnlyFans. I actually don't. You don't? I don't. I, I'm I actually I saw, starting everything. I thought I saw something on your uh, Twitter about it. Um, I'm starting everything on December 1st because oh, I've been building my okay. fan base. Yeah. So I'm like trying to, you know, keep the suspense alive of like, oh, no, what's she going to do then? So that's oh, what I'm nice. doing. All right. So yeah. we're, we're helping with like the the pre the pre-release hype yes Ooh. of the only fans <laughs> yeah so once the only fans is up and running so i'm not crazy i did see that there was something yes. about only fans okay okay yeah you still, trying... still got it <laughs> no i'm just like i just took a hit of wedding cake it's he heavy on the indica side hardcore man <laughs> <laughs> um no i i can't decide if i want to do fan centro or like muse models for my snapchat too because i just i haven't done that stuff i'm so anti-social media which is not good for me, but I really, really am. So I'm just like trying to figure out which one's going to be the best platform. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hard. it's a lot there's of so decisions. Yeah, yeah, and then you so get many. pigeonholed into whatever you chose. And you're like, uh-huh. fuck, I chose the shitty one. Now yeah. I'm stuck with this. And yeah. then you hear there's a better payout at this other site. And you're just like, what am I doing? And, uh, and then another fan goes, oh, I don't have OnlyFans. I have this one. And I'm just like, fuck all of you. You know, yeah. can't make anyone happy usually. Yeah. So I have a question for you kind of yeah. along the lines of, you know, listeners listening who know nothing about this world when you get into this because you do um adult films you do you know your many vids videos you do all sorts of things when you first got into this is there any resource like any like message board you can go to that goes here's all the things you want to do or does everyone have to like reinvent the wheel themselves when they get into online sex work and just figure it out that's actually one of the number one questions I get whenever I post like polls and stuff or just like, hey, ask me something. Um, I was, what, 18. So it was 2009 when I started sex work. And this was back when Jenna Jameson wrote her autobiography mm-hmm. and, you know, loved it. I read it probably about 10 times. And I remember I would highlight the stripper part. It was like the first or second um what's it called chapter. Mm-hmm. So I highlighted that and I honestly just started at stripping and stripping was the one thing that opened the door to everything else for me because you hear people that do film, you hear people that are trying webcam or escorting. And so, I mean, it's a lot, you could definitely go on message boards, but nothing will beat your firsthand experience because uh-huh. dancing in a club is definitely the most empowering and like the biggest confidence boost I've ever had over any other sex work because it makes you talk to people. It makes you try to get them to buy a dance from you or fall in love with your personality just for that 20 minutes, just so you can get your, you know, bills paid. Right. So I think that dancing is probably one of the best ways into sex work that you could possibly go. And unfortunately for girls like me now who are thicker, a lot of clubs won't hire us. So you know, even starting on many vids or trying to Google up, like starting a little Twitter or webcam. Every time a girl hits me up, I say, try webcam because they go, oh, I want to do porn or I want to escort. I go, why do you want to do it? They go, the money. And I, I'm sorry, but I can't support anyone that strictly wants to do this for the money. I totally get it. It is, it can be a lot of money, but also it's not. <laughs> Let's be honest. You have to do this because right. you're genuinely good at it and you like it and you actually like to interact with other people and making other people happy. At least that's my belief on sex work. And that's probably why I'm still doing it and I'm somewhat successful. So when girls, you know, are online Googling this stuff, they don't keep in mind that you have to actually be able to tolerate different personalities, people that are not like super sociable or don't even know how to talk to a girl or, you know, will be disrespectful or rude because that's what comes with this job. And girls don't think that nowadays. They just think Mm -hmm. it's going to be all about money and fame. 
Well, I see a lot of, you know, and I, I see a lot of people complaining and I have a lot of friends who do sex work in more of the femdom BDSM range. And there's this concept of the, the Twitter Instadom mm-hmm. where it's like a woman will go on Twitter and put up little videos of her giving the, the finger going, fuck you, mm-hmm. give me money. Or <laughs> I won't show you my tits. I'm a femdom. Yes. And, and those, do they all talk like that? Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a little bit higher too. Yeah. <laughs> <Who knows>? yeah <laughs> actually. But I really wonder, I mean, of course there are a lot of those uh, people who just burn out. You know, mm-hmm. they realize they don't make much money. But are some of those people, do they become successful? or is it by and large like nope i think it's just if you have the passion for it honestly you know i fell off the wagon and by that i mean out of sex work for a couple years because i lost the passion for it and you know the people that just kind of zoom into this and expect that because i have a couple friends that are like oh i'm just doing this to get through school i don't think they'll be successful nor will last because they don't have the passion for it you know you could be doing this for 20 years and still love it like uh, I think D from Severe Sex Films. I've worked with them for Bella Bathory's most recent cult oh, we, we lo- Actually, we love D and we uh, love Bella. Yeah, we love, love everyone you're everyone talking you're about. Talking about. Yeah. You're automatically our friend. You know this. So sweet. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, yeah, and she was been doing this for how many years? And you could just see the passion in her eyes when she's on set. And that's what's going to determine if you're going to make it and be successful, like no matter what. You could be have 10 fans but if you're doing this for five or six years and people can see your passion that's gonna grow like and if it doesn't then you're obviously not that passionate about it i was reading an article recently about hobbyists and how a lot of people don't become hobbyists because they are afraid that you're going to not like the way they look so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of guys out there that think that they're too overweight, socially awkward, maybe they have some marks on their bodies or they have eczema or something like that. Uh Do you have any advice for listeners that might be on right now that like would use an escort but are afraid to because of how they look? You know, what's crazy is I actually have had my best sessions with what society would call unattractive or, you know, whatever, the same things you're saying. Those have been some of my best sessions because those people are so genuine and so down to earth that it just frustrates me that people think that they're, you know, they're insecure or that they feel ugly in order to see one. I, I prefer people who are not good looking. I prefer people who are not socially, like I want people to be socially awkward. I really, really do because at that way I can get more to the core and they can see who I am too. I don't have to put on the facade. And I feel like when people let society say that like they just need to kind of push it to the side and be like no there are women out there that are gonna you know like me for me i just have to show who i am it's like the whole incels i just learned about those it's like it's incels and it just makes me disgusted because it's like you don't put yourself out there if you just put yourself out there there's gonna be someone there's always at least one person at least one person in this world who wants you and that's a minimal you know it's just ridiculous and i wish that they could just gain this confidence because there's no reason to be afraid. We have literally dealt with the most disrespectful, disgusting, vile people that you could possibly imagine. And if you're just respectful, no matter what you look like or what you have going on, eczema, that will not matter to us whatsoever. And disclose it. You know, if there's something that you feel, I've had men message me and say, oh, I'm 400 pounds. Like, is this going to be a problem? And I go, no. Or they message me and say, I'm a POC man. And I say, I don't discriminate. And, you know, thank you. I guess there's women out there that do that, but I don't. And if they feel like they need to disclose that, then they definitely should. 
But if it's going to be someone who's passionate and good at their job, they're not going to care. They really right. will. You know, and that's one of the other great points. I think that people that have been involved with sex work for longer than a few months mm-hmm. are people that are genuinely good at their jobs. You're mm-hmm. good at fucking. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, one of the reasons why I think the most successful sex workers are drawn to that because they're, they're good at what there's some level of gratification for being good at sex because uh-huh. you, you win at it. So congratulations. You're good. At, you win at sex. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Do I get like a dildo medal or something? Totally. Like a, like a bowling trophy with a big dildo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, now with that being bet. said, with that being said, that puts a lot of pressure on you. Now, you know, and I know that sometimes um, with Sonny and I, when uh, people are uh, under the assumption that like we are having sex on the rafters, mm-hmm. you know, all the time, there's yeah. jello flowing everywhere. And there's sometimes either we just don't want to fuck. We're old and crabby. Mm-hmm. Like we're having a bad day <laughs> or we may not feel sexual. So does that stigma, I guess, of you being good at fuck put any kind of pressure on you and make you feel uncomfortable with your own sexuality? Um, it absolutely does. I actually put a key point last night when I was thinking about this is I classify as like a fluid gay woman. So I will date women. I will have a relationship with a woman, but I also like sex with men. And unfortunately, my libido is not as it used to be because I just I don't know if it's sex work or if it's more of I'm looking for more um, a deep connect, you know, something deep and a connection and someone where I can actually feel like as stupid as it sounds, their soul. <laughs> right. And it just no, that doesn't up. sound stupid. That it's doesn't. like, you know, we're so used to being um, a figure, a sex figure, and just a sex figure. You know, I have people messaging me on Snapchat, like, how much to fuck? And it's like, can't you just say your name? Can't you be like, hi, my name is John. I was interested in your ad. And it's just such a terrible stigma that it's like, I'm on all the freaking time, and I'm not. Like, I'm absolutely not. And even when I masturbate, I can make, I mean, I come in like a minute. Like it's not anything I have to work at because it's not something I'm that invested in anymore for my own mm-hmm. personal choice, not for others. I like to make other people feel good, which also I've realized I'm a top um, in the domination world and in my own sexual, sexual life. I did start dominating about a year ago. I've been verbally dominating for eight years, mm-hmm. but I've realized I'm definitely more of a top because I like to make others feel good. It's not about my pleasure anymore. So that's also changed within the years of sex work, which I never thought it would. I was always like, no, eat my pussy before I do anything. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, no, 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 let me just suck you off and then we'll call it a day. Like, so it's crazy how that also changes because you know, I'm a, it's not like I want to get it over with, but I, I want to get it over with. Like, right. cause it's just not what, maybe I'm waiting for my forties cause I've heard you get a second win then. So I'm hoping that happens. Uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> like I'm the baseline for everyone. No, but, medically, you're no. not the baseline. No, I'm not. Yeah. Thirties, thirties. Most women yeah. in their thirties and their forties yeah. actually get a little bit of a rejuvenation until they get perimenopause or premenopause. Like Yes. Uh, <laughs> the chin hairs killed it. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. I've, I've totally had one or two. I have to, put, yeah. you know, just a few times a year. Really fun. <laughs> oh, oh, it's such a joy. So you were, you were speaking a lot about like being passionate about what you do and uh-huh. that the people that you work with and the people that have longevity in sex work, no matter what their particular flavor of sex work is, really enjoy it. But they all enjoy it for different reasons. You know, maybe some people like it because they like to dominate or, or whatever. Uh-huh. So what 
is it exactly about sex work that makes you so passionate about it? What are the things that you like about it? I think it goes back to me wanting to make others feel good. Um, I also remember being a kid. I, my mom put me in modeling when I was like four years old. So I've been modeling with four with Ford agencies for years when I was younger. And being in front of a camera was something that was just so extremely natural. It was almost weird. And my mm-hmm. family even said, like, at four or five years old, I knew how to pose. I knew how to do everything. And it's like, I am a total attention whore. Complete <gasps> oh. attention whore. You know, I try to tone it down when I'm in public or around people. But just the other night, I went to the strip club. And I just wanted to throw $400 at strippers because I wanted to show off that I am I'm a show off. I don't know. So when it comes to sex work, I just, I, when was it? I want to say I was, like, 11 when I told my mom. I think I like girls, and which is crazy because years before that, me and my girlfriends would experiment. And I was like, I'm obsessed with this. This is something I have to do more. <laughs> like, <laughs> love this. And then when I told my mom I liked women, she, you know, she raised me around gays, gay men my whole life. So she was like, okay, cool. What do you want for dinner? So it was absolutely nothing <laughs> to me. And then I find her porn. And of course, I'm like 12 years old at this point, And I start masturbating. And I'm realizing I don't. I love this feeling, but I don't like what I'm doing. I want to do what they're doing. I want to be on that camera, and I want other people to see me doing that. And my mom was very, very sexually open, but my whole family is strictly Catholic, like really conservative, voted for Trump, everything. So, of course, when I started dancing and doing films, everybody fell off the face of earth. But... I don't let that discourage me because I've tried working a normal job. I've tried going, I have my hair license. I'm a licensed hairstylist and I don't like it. I genuinely love the fact that people like Ken, when you told me that you're a fan, that makes me feel like, Oh my God, here is the reason why I do this because people actually appreciate it. And like, it makes you happy. And I hope that you've come like, I really do. I really want people to have that excitement that I feel when I orgasm and I want to be able to provide it for other people. Well, I have to tell you, your dick-sucking skills look amazing. <laughs> just saying. That's what does it for me in your videos. Plus, I love the way your boobs are. Just They look perfect, oh, just you. like they are. I like those type of boobs. Dick-sucking skills. The and eye contact, right? Eye contact, yep. <laughs> yeah, my big blue eyes, that's what does it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. So I just, I really love to be able to give back to people, even if it's just in the sexual way right now. Probably in the future, I'll be able to do more activism work and really get myself into it. But as far as I can right now, I much rather just make other people happy. And right. I've also seen a couple clients, um, obviously nobody I'm going to say, but you know, that are either celebrities or married or in a very bad marriage or even their wives have said, I cannot fulfill you. Please go find someone who can. And sometimes those sessions don't even have sex. Like they just sit there and talk about it and they just talk about how they're feeling, you know, unappreciative, like, taken advantage of the you know the mom their wife stopped caring about them and about their kids or whatever need be and I always get a message after the session saying thank you so much you are so amazing that was better than any therapy session I've ever had and all I did was sit in lingerie and listen and it's crazy to me that that's sometimes all it all it takes is just sitting there listening because maybe that's going to take a rapist off the streets. Maybe that's going to take a predator off the streets. Maybe that's going to stop a husband from cheating on his wife with her best friend. You know, whatever it may be, maybe I'm actually helping save a marriage instead of ruining one. Yeah. If you were to give percentages of people who see you just purely for sex versus who's seeing you also for some sort of 
emotional connection or emotional uplifting? It's definitely not as um, common, but probably about 10 to 20% are the emotional types, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also, I feel like once people meet me in session with me, that's when they actually want to get emotional after because they realize I'm not some way I'm bam, thank you, ma'am, like they've had in the past. I don't clock watch. Like, I mean, I don't get taken advantage of, but I don't sit there and check my phone or anything like that. I don't say, oh, time's up. Like, we go over, we go over because we had great conversation. I don't care. I'm not one of those girls. And I think that's where they really feel like they can open up to me because they realize I'm more of a girl next door and I'm not just, you know, some porn star they see online. Right, and my right. sex is kind of vanilla. Like all my friends actually make fun of me because I don't know a lot of these crazy kinky terms that I've started to recently. But I'm I'm really sexual and I can get really freaky in bed, but it's pretty vanilla, <laughs> to be honest. There's so. nothing wrong with vanilla. It's a great flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, I love it. My favorite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, all right. Paint for me a picture because your picture has changed recently. So um, with SESTA-FOSTA and all of these new laws and regulations, things have changed for escorts. Oh, yeah. But I want, before we get to what's broken, tell me what, I don't know, your typical setup was like before. Like, how did you screen clients? What were some of the the tools that you used either to find clients to stay safe? Mm -hmm. What did that look like? So I uh, used to be a part of a website that is strictly, it's not strictly, but it's mainly based in Southern California called HX. And that has a great networking system to where you don't really have to screen because it's already done for you. So say I was, you guys booked me for a session and you have a profile on there. What you would do after the session is you'd go on my profile and you'd fill out what is like a survey saying that I'm safe. I didn't take your money. I am who I look like. And then it gets me at a level. So say I have 10 people who all say the same thing. I'm at a level one, which means so it's kind of like Airbnb or Yelp or something. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So that one, and that's still up and running. They had to make some adjustments, but that site is like a social media platform also. So there's a lot of 50 to like 60 year old men that literally don't see escorts and they just want to blog and cause drama on there. And they okay. have done that and they have targeted me because I'm very vocal. I don't Wait, I don't take shit from anyone. What kind of drama are these people causing? Someone said that um, I stole $20 once from a client, which, uh, A, if I was going to steal money, it would not be that. And B, I don't steal money because I like my job. I don't need to. I get what I, I get what I ask for. So there's no reason to. Right. So that was an interesting thing that came out. I think it was because I denied a request and then he continued to ask me other stuff. And I just said, no, I'm not going to see you anymore. Like, don't contact me ever again. So I think it's just because I pissed off the wrong blogger. And then another incident was I actually had um, my ex-boyfriend get a room next to me when I was seeing in calls because I wasn't that cro- that great in screening it. So I was like, just in case something happens, I want to have someone nearby. And if I can't pick up a phone, there's got to be a way for someone to come get me. This was back in uh, 2000 and I want to say 12 or 2011. Mm-hmm. And this guy got really handsy with me and he started to choke me and he started pushing me down. And it was very uncomfortable to the point to where I was afraid for my life. And I started pounding mm-hmm. on the wall and my ex came in and got the guy off of me. And then I've talked to about three or four other girls on that site who I used to work with. And they all said the same thing about this character. And he's changed his username. He's changed his number. You know, the whole nine yards. And now he's on the Supreme Court. I, I, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> 
Sorry. No, sorry. That was a, that was a good humor. one, but a really bad one. But it was a good one. I knew oh, he yeah. looked familiar. God <laughs> damn. Uh, yeah, Brett no. Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh. Excuse me. I something in my throat. Oh, man. Can you imagine that coming out tomorrow now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so he went into one of the clubs, the male clubs, and said that I had a security guard. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with having a security guard. What the fuck is your problem? Especially dude? in the room next door. Exactly. It's not like he was in the closet and you were getting handsy with me. So then they they said that I'm a danger because of that. And I, you know, I don't need that site. That site's also, uh, I don't, how do I say this delicately? I don't sex work shame anyone, you know, to mm-hmm. each their own, their own price, whatever. But for me, it was too little. And what okay. the men are willing to pay was something I was not willing to do. I have have in the past. I'm not. I'm not better than anybody else. I have definitely taken eighty dollars blowjobs before. I'm not going to lie, but in all I've honesty, got, I've got a hundred. I'm going to need that extra twenty. Right <laughs> <laughs> I might let a finger slip. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so I just had to move on from that site when that all happened, anyways. But um, to go back to the screening process, that was one of them. It's still up for anyone who is in Southern California and needs that. It's called Humaniplex. I highly suggest using that because it is one of the safest. And there are blogs in there that talk about like sightings for sting operations or even unsafe clients or even unsafe providers and that's still up today yes it is awesome so so that leads another question to me if i'm not from southern california let's Uh say i'm from chicago and i'm a businessman flying to los angeles and i wanted to to have some company for an evening what's the best way for me to get screened if i don't know about like where where can you go other than that website to get screened properly so what I've actually been using recently is called arrows.com. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know this site because it is the one of the only running ones in America since FOSTA and SESTA hit. But I'm still curious about it because the FBI apparently raided them a few months before FOSTA yeah. and SESTA. So I'm like, okay, is the FBI running this and are they getting my money and are they tracking me? I don't know. But I use arrows and whenever I have a client in town who say doesn't have his provider or has never seen a provider before, has no references, you know, this is my first time, whatever the excuse may be, my, my form of screening is I require a photo ID with your name showing no matter what. No matter what, I don't care what your excuse is, discretion, whatever. I'm discreet. If you don't believe me, then don't contact me. I'm paying $200 for an ad a month. I'm not wasting your time. Don't waste mine. Um, if they don't want to send or if they send me the ID, then I require a $50 deposit so that the name on the deposit can match their name. And then I actually go as far as taking their number, searching it online on Google. I found a few random Google searches that will say someone's name. But there's mm-hmm. no actual websites anymore. There used to be something called Mr. Number, which was an app that you download on your phone. You would plug in the number and other providers used it so you could see if it was a guy wasting your time or if oh. it was a guy who was physical or if he was even safe. There was a couple times I used it and it said safe, see him, and then it would say his name. And, and why isn't that around anymore? Is that from SESTA FOSTA they shut it down? That's what's so crazy. So FOSTA and SESTA went into effect, or didn't even fully go in effect, but was announced, what, in January, February? Mr. Yeah, Number like that. started charging for their extra services to view this, which I agreed to, obviously, about a month or two later. But then, I want to say in July, they deleted every single report of anyone. 
So you can Whoa. still download it and use it, and it's supposed to be used as a caller ID system for your actual phone, but girls were using it to be able to talk to other girls without actually contacting them on the phone saying, hey, he's safe. And I think they caught on, and they've just deleted every single person's profile and wiped their database, their database clear. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously canceled the subscription and everything, and I can still use it to see if the name matches, but about 95% of the time, it'll just say unknown number, and it's completely frustrating because... That was one of my biggest ways to tell if this person is lying. Even, and I totally get this, men will say their name is, you know, Ryan when their name is really Trevor. Totally get it. They want to have discreet, but about 80, 90% of the time, men will say their real name. And that's just the first test for me to be able to tell if he's going to be honest, serious, and trustworthy. Um, even through texting is how I've been screening because I've been doing this for so long. When they go, hey, baby, are you available right now? And they spell it R and then you. I go, no, not available. Sorry. You obviously have no respect. You don't care to even type out are you. I don't want to waste my time. And I know that might seem snobbish, but every time I've met with those people, they have either pushed my limits or they've taken advantage of me or they show up with less money. Damn. So it's like also wordage and the way they contact um, providers will really tell you about a person if they are intricate. Hey, my name is John. I'm here in Los Angeles. I work here. Here's my two references. If you need a deposit, this is it. And that will be an automatic response for me. But if I have to sit there and ask you, who is this? Oh, I want a session. Who is this? Are you available today? I'm going to tell you to fuck off. And I feel like that's where girls are kind of losing that, like, oh my God, I need this money now. He's hitting this random person's hitting me up. I might as well answer it. And like, I might as well take it. No, because now it's getting worse. Girls are taking any job they can get in a way because mm-hmm. FOSTA and SESTA has taken away. And TER was another one. Sorry, I didn't mention that. TER is the erotic review. That one was where I just figured it out. Two that years used to be ago. my favorite one. Yeah, it was a great one. I, I was still figuring it out when it got taken down. And guys have to go on there and verify who they are. And then they get a bunch of reports from other women saying they're safe. And then they write reviews on women about their sessions, which goes a far away for women because we can get a bunch more clients just because this one guy said he had a great session. Mm-hmm. Or we could not get any clients because this guy didn't like the way you looked at him or, you know, touched him. Yeah. So and was... I remember looking at that site and it was so it really was like Yelp. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had like such detailed like here is how my session was yep. and this is what happened. You know, just like you go to Yelp and you'd be like, oh, so we ordered a five course mm-hmm. meal. and This was the first <laughs> course. And it was so great. and The waiter was really nice. It but, was... you know, yeah, it was. I can see how it was such a great resource and it's just And I'm so sorry that those tools are gone for you. Do do you Twitter at all? Like that's the sex worker Twitter? Yeah, I I do as well. I used it when I was in Vegas and I got some wonderful, great people. Uh, They didn't have references. And another thing I do is when I'm out traveling like that and I'm already going to be drinking, I'll say, hey, we can meet at the bar. Because also when I went to film um, one of my – most recent-ish films, my gangbang with Plumper Pass out in Miami, this guy was, you know, married, didn't have anything to show me that he was safe. I had him meet me at my hotel bar. He gave me $50 in cash because he didn't want to send it through deposit. And I could have just walked away if I felt unsafe. Or I could have, you know, just been like, no, thank you. But he felt very comfortable. His vibes. I'm a very intuitive person. Not everyone has that. So I definitely don't suggest this for women that are a little bit uneasy or can't tell if someone's bad or, you know, I mean, you can never tell anyone can hide it, but my intuition's always been pretty spot on. So that's why I will give that option to someone. And if they've been respectful via text, 
But also another site I've realized is still up is called Erotic Monkey. And it's basically the same thing as TER. Really? Yeah. Huh. That one I had no idea about. Um, I didn't of, know about that one either. Yeah. I, I guess I had three profiles on there too. I had a bunch of reviews I had no idea about. And um, my old, my former friend who I, I'm not friends with anymore, but she's also in the sex industry and she's also a sex worker. She told me about it and I couldn't for the longest time understand it or get on it. I was emailing. I was trying to apply. I found out it's because of so many people getting kicked off all the other sites. There was a list and I had oh. to wait. Even though I had three profiles, they still made me wait and it was ridiculous. Wow. And wow. the worst part was that one of those reviews was completely false. It was saying I did stuff I didn't do. It was saying I looked a different way. And luckily, I was able to prove to the website that wasn't me, and they got the review taken down. But that's what also sucks about reviews is because it could be false. And then when I met a client, he was like, oh, well, I did read that one review about you and how you did this and that. Are you going to do that here? And I was like, I didn't. I never did that. I don't even know what you're referring to. I was never in that city at that time, and that is obviously not me. Right. So it's just, it's a catch 22 always with these review sites also. Oh, mm-hmm. and preferred 411 is still up and running. That'll be going till January, but they're going to be switching over to just a, not a review site or an advertising site because you can advertise right now on it. It's going to mm-hmm. be completely taken out and it's just going to be a screening site. So you can screen men if they have a P41 on the couch. Oh, well, that's good. Because mm-hmm. there, there isn't, you know, I've been hearing so many people saying like, their screening measures are gone. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing from people that when SESTA-FOSTA was, you know, got put into effect, which was pretty much immediately, mm-hmm. it was retroactive, mm-hmm. you know, um, that there were some clients saying like, you know, I'm not going to pay you as much because yeah. I know it's this or nothing, or yep. I'm going to do these horrible things to you and there's nothing you can do about it. Cause I know you need the money. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, are, is that really true? Are those urban legends or have you heard those stories too? No, I mean, I haven't had it happen to me, but I can definitely tell that men are expecting me to lower my rate. And unfortunately the past two months I have had to, it's only been by $40, which, you know, I'm still very thankful. I, I get what I get because mm-hmm. Even at that rate, I still feel like it's little, but men are still saying, oh, it's too much. Or they'll even say, you're not worth it or you're fat. And, you know, all I say back to them is, yes, I am. And I know I'm fat. And thank you very much. Have a great day. Like these men right. just think because we're sex workers, they can take advantage of the government doing this. And us women need to stick together and keep the rates that we're at. Or at least a little bit higher than, you know, what we're, like, what we're settling for because it's just not working. And Mm -hmm. none of us are going to be able to survive if we continuously keep on lowering and lowering and lowering our rates just because these men are frustrated. Like they need to kind of, like, as much faith as, uh, how do I put this? I was with a client the other day and he goes, your site is up. You have a website, you have a Twitter, you have photos and you have blogs where people can tell it's you. Why don't men understand that when they're contacting you, they already have a picture of you. You have no idea who you're talking to. You have no idea what they're capable of. They need to kind of put it in that perspective and men aren't doing that anymore. And that's what's getting extremely frustrating with working. Wow. It's, I can't even tell you how many times I have to say fuck you every day. <laughs> really? Yes. And it's a, it's a huge marked difference than it's, it it's, was a year ago. Absolutely. Wow. 100%. And even within the past three months since – I feel like more sites have been taken away or screening processes have been taken away. 
it's gotten even worse. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I even get the clients who want to quote unquote party, you know, do cocaine and I don't participate in drugs. I just smoke pot, but you know, to each their own, do whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. Right. But it's just not for me, so I also respect that. What's I'm also noticing in a pattern is when I do see these clients that party, they keep asking me to do it, and, oh, come on, or it'll be so much more fun. And it's like, A, I'm not fucking in high school. You cannot peer pressure me. B, the fact that you're making me feel this way, I don't even want to be here, let alone be around you or take your money anymore. Like, I don't. Right. I really don't. I don't care. I don't need it that bad. I'll walk away. Hey, psst, did you know? American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash americansex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift, too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle mega store when you get your sex toys you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money you'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like oh my god give me water those are the best orgasm ever so all right we started out this conversation saying how much you love this work and how passionate you are about it and now you're like every guy's a fucking dick so are things wait wait i have a comment what why does it have to be mutually exclusive why can't she feel both those things no i'm i know i'm i'm getting there i'm getting there you didn't let me finish you didn't let me finish so she said always you're edging me you're edging me all right so edging you um do you feel that it will get to a point where the negative will outweigh the positive or still do, do those positive things still outweigh even the more negatives that you're having recently? That's actually like what I'm actually going through. Um, I was telling one of my best friends the other night when we went to the strip club, I can, I find myself saying fuck you more and more that I'm getting more frustrated even when it is a good client contacting me. Even when he is respectful, I'm noticing I'm becoming more stern and like, well, who is this? What do you want? You need to be like, and I don't need to be that way. So I'm starting to get a little bit more negative than positive, which is so not like me. And I'm getting more pissed off at myself for that because I'm letting all these guys who are just uneducated. It's not like sometimes they're not even meaning to be disrespectful. They're just uneducated because I've put it in perspective to them. And I've said, 
hey, you know, you're contacting someone who has a higher death rate in her job than you do. You need to be respectful of that. And they go, oh, you're right. I did not think of it that way. I'm so sorry. Can we start over? And I'm the type of person where I'm like, sure, why not? I'm not going to brush you off because I get it. You're uneducated. But for me, I need to start realizing that's what's going on. And more and more people don't have all the of our outlets that we used to have, like I was using. So they're resorting to the one place where they're finding my number and pulling all stops they can without realizing it's actually a dangerous job on my end. And, you know, because they, they, half the time I go and see a client when I wanted to blow them off, not half, sorry, almost every single time I go and see a client that I did not want to see or I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this right now. Like I'm just not in the mood or whatever it is. I want to go see a movie. Every single time that client turns out to be so freaking amazing, I literally kick myself after and I'm like, why am I so cynical about this? Because I love this. This was the best session. I That guy was so awesome. We had great conversation. Like it was good sex. Like what is going on? So I'm thinking I might have to go to therapy soon about this. <laughs> I, you know, to be honest, you didn't sound bitchy. You just sound like every pro dom that I know. Yeah. And not in a bitchy way. It's just like, it, it, it seems like... Not an air of superiority, but it, you know, it's definitely a sense of domination, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think when you've been doing this for so long, um, you know, because it's been eight or nine years I've been doing this, it just kind of weighs on you and not in a negative way, but you just can kind of really tell who's bullshitting who's not a lot faster. So therefore, you don't take the time to even entertain it. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I mean, I think yeah, that's relatable in a too. lot of, you know, if you've been just even in the same job, no matter what your job mm-hmm. is, sometimes you get cynical. Oh, yeah. If you, you know, have been in a certain situation, like you see that happen, you know, with teachers and you yeah. always have the couple of class or clowns. Anybody in the service yeah. Right. You have a couple of class clowns and then suddenly 10 years in that teacher's like looking at every kid with a side yes. eye, like you're going to fuck with me too. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I think that's, that's natural, but it's also, good of you to recognize that because mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of that in, in in your situation any similar situation a lot of that is warranted but then you turn into that slippery slope yeah. of starting to treat people kind of shitty who, that maybe don't deserve it because exactly. you're assuming too so i can totally relate i i do that to my children i do that to be <laughs> a stranger like People i can store. totally totally relate to that i think that's like part of the human condition yeah i think that's why i started going into dom work now because i'm noticing i'm getting a little bit more of that uh frustration and aggression out and not in a unsafe way i don't practice unsafe by any means um, but I've noticed it kind of helps when I do have a verbal humiliation or, you know, a impact play session. And then I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit better now. So, cause also I help that person cause you know, most of my subs really enjoy what I do. So that and sometimes you just want to beat somebody's ass and that get your too. dick sucked. <laughs> I'm just saying as a top, I just have those days. I just want to beat someone's ass and get my dick sucked and yeah. have it be consensual <laughs> and not worry about anything in the world. And that's just one of the most wonderful things in life. Right or, you know, get a fist strap up your ass, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. While you're wearing a unicorn mask. Oh, that is like my Duh. fantasy right there. I've yeah. got hooves too. Oh, he does. <laughs> He's invented a sex act called the slippery unicorn. Like it's just there's all sorts of things. Does the horn yeah. go up my ass or your ass? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But with a condom, of course. Yes. Of course. 
safe. I'm always. sure. And, it, and, and without a base, without a trace, you talk about the a huge base. You have a whole, a whole unicorn. unicorn <laughs> yeah. That thing is, you're not going to lose that thing anywhere. No. Or if you could, then it's going to be charged double. <laughs> I should put that on my menu now. Yeah. You <laughs> no, seriously. Mask. Ask some of our mutual friends about Ken and the Slipper Unicorn. I'm sure there's some stories. Yeah. Oh, I so. can't wait. <laughs> so now you had mentioned uh, somewhere in our conversation, you are uh, a BBW, you know, porn star. Mm-hmm. That's what your your videos center around. However, you're a smaller BBW. Mm-hmm. So BBW is big, beautiful woman. Yes. Is, is that the that's the only acronym, right? Yeah. There's not not alternate Some words. Some people say okay. like big. Uh, what is it? Big boned women or something like that. And I'm like, no, it's beautiful. Don't be an asshole. Big boned women. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm like, you guys are. Just Here's your big asshole. bone right here. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's me when I'm wearing my strap on. <laughs> I'm a big boned woman. <laughs> I should do a porn like that now. Big oh my god! Yes. Oh my god. That hasn't been idea. done yet. Probably either. Probably not. I'm excited Quick, now. I'm gonna do start it. doing it before someone yeah. hears this. They're like, I'm making big bone women. It's first. on my many vids. I'm copywriting it, motherfuckers. Be ready. All right. Pitch that <laughs> shit to Severe Films. I'm just saying. Oh, oh I should. I know. I yeah. hit them up. I do want to do mommy work. You know, we them. have to have we have to have them on. <laughs> we, we do. We haven't we had do. them on yet. Yeah. They're like, amazing. I will hit them up later. And we've brought them up in so many different interviews. I know. No, too. they've they've been up in. Yeah, I was going to say they've been mentioned in at least twenty of our podcasts. Yeah. So oh, yeah, Severe Sex Films, we're coming for you in a good way. Jimmy Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so this is this is a problem. Like, how does the BBW genre work, and why are you in a weird place? So when I started doing uh, sex work at eighteen, I was like one hundred and ten pounds. So I was, I mean, I would think I was skinny. I looked skinny. I have pictures of it. I to this day, I still think I look like a fucking twig. But I remember going out to LA and going to a porn agent and him telling me I was too fat. And I'm like, dude, I'm 18. I literally work out twice a day and I'm 110 pounds. I even tested for Playboy at one point. So I was like, there's no way. But, you know, I kind of discouraged me. So I went to dancing and I stopped altogether. It wasn't until uh, Scoreland found me on webcam and they're Scoreland XL girls. They're kind of based around big natural boobs or just big boobs in general. Love them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're an amazing company to work for, to be completely honest. If anyone is ever on the fence about them, don't be. They have been the best company I've ever worked for in all my years. And, um, and they used to put out a hell of a magazine. Do they still make uh, the magazine? Yeah, I still get it. I have a couple I've been issued in, too. I have a few of those in my oh. briefcase. I know I want to auction them off or give them to some people like a giveaway, but no one seems to care. I, I care. <laughs> so, I want one. I'll buy it. I'll if no one you. seems to care and you do a giveaway, that's a really good no, odds. No, give it to Ken. <laughs> yeah. right? You'll just be the one that I always send it to. <laughs> Ken yeah. wins again! I'll make a fake Instagram account. It gets them like I'm a bunch of fans, and I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so when Scorland found me, I actually was out there, and my first scene ever, I, uh, my co-st- I wasn't co-starring like with her, but Sophia Rose was actually working oh. too. Yeah, and so this is my first set. I'm like scared shitless slash really excited because also my first scene was with Levi Cash, where if you know Levi Cash, you know he is mm-hmm. an amazing fucking performer and. Even Offset, he's super, super great, down to earth, makes it makes you feel really comfortable, which is great. I love that. And Sophia invited me out to dinner um, our second day of shooting. We're all done. And she said she wanted me to meet someone who runs a website called Plumper Pass. 
I was like, okay, sure, why not? You know, he meets me. We all hang out. It's a great time. But at the end of the night, he tells me, I would never hire you. You're too skinny. And I'm like, well, that's a first. I've never heard of too skinny. (laughs) (laughs) So that actually stuck with me more than the you're too fat. And I actually stopped working out and I started gaining more weight, eating pancakes at 4 a.m., and (laughs) drinking, you know, Sailor Jerry on a daily. And I was probably about 150, 160 when Clint first met me. That's the owner of Plumber Pass, Clint. He's awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he brought me to shoot a year later, I was 215 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I put on a significant amount of weight. And my first two scenes with him, um, I personally think they're the worst videos I've ever done. But a lot of people, you know, liked them. But you can see I didn't look really healthy. I had a lot of stretch marks on my stomach because I gained it too fast. And it just, Mm. you could tell it wasn't natural for my body. So after that, um, I tried filming more. It didn't really work. I filmed with Clint one more time. So I did at this point four films. And that was it. There was not a lot of platforms for BBW work or anything. And it was a lot harder to get work. So I stopped working in the industry altogether. And then when I came back, because I missed it so much, I went to AVN last year. That was my... this was the start of me coming back, and I met um, Chad Diamond, who works with Jeff's Models, and is also the husband of Alice Frost, who's now one of my friends. And Alice Frost is a great cam girl. She was on that documentary, Hot Girls Wanted, Turned On, mm-hmm. and um, I we hit it all off. He told me, hey, hit up Jeff's Models. When you get back, they'll probably work with you. I go, perfect. So I do, and apparently I film still kind of big, but I only weigh 170, 180. So I'm not in that BBW character like category because I am. It's not that I'm not over. Like you have to be over a certain weight. It's just that I don't look like I'm over a certain weight, which mm. to a lot of producers and directors they don't like. Even Clint told me when he brought me back for my most recent scenes, you better not lose any more weight because I did lose so much weight from the time of being gone and coming back in. Right. And I've actually been able to film with, um, it's a small little company, but his name's Scott Hancock with Top Web Models. It's a scene I did called Big Gulp Girls. And he doesn't have any BBWs on there, I don't think. I think I'm one of the only or thicker women for that matter. And Mm -hmm. I think it's strictly because I was blonde, blue eyes, big tits, and the scene did not show my stomach. So I think that's why I was filmed with him, which is fine. It got me a great amount of publicity, which is what I was trying to do. I'm not necessarily – I love filming. Don't get me wrong. I love doing films. It's one of my favorite times ever. But I am mainly doing it to get my name out there so I can escort because that's where my passion really lies. Right, right. So when it comes to working as a BBW, it's a lot harder because, you know, there's not a lot of websites. I've worked with Carla Lane and she has her own site. And I have, you know, she's always told me, let's work together. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I'm swooning too. (sighs) Carla, if you're listening, we're swooning for you. Love you. Love you. There's actually a picture (laughs) of me um, when we did our series because we did something called BBW Sex Party that she's been working on. And there's a picture of me sucking the guy's dick and looking in her eyes. And it literally looks like I'm, like, looking at her with love and lust and passion while I'm sucking oh. this dick. Oh. <laughs> it's like the thing. And then she has both of her hands under her chin while she's looking back at me, too, like a proud oh my mom. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that was fun. And that's, like, it's fun to work with other girls. I have uh, Busty Brogan over in the U.K. Her and I are talking about doing content in – for AVN, but even she said she goes, I don't, I don't call you a BBW. Like you know, you're just not, and you're not in that category. You and know, then- you know what's interesting to me though? It's like I think back 
you know, a number of years ago before there really even was a BBW mm-hmm. category, you know, now BBW is really mm-hmm. popular because there was a need for it and it just nobody was serving it. Yep. I fail to believe that there isn't, you know, that that men don't find women who fall in the size, you know, 14 to 18 mm-hmm. range attractive. Oh, no, I completely agree. And what's even funnier is and I'm actually lucky in this sense because I am in that middle weight of BBW and just, you know, a thick, like, athletic girl. That right. even men who like skinny girls come to me and say, I don't normally like girls of your size, but I like your size and I like your right. body and you're very proportionate. And you carry, like, I have this confidence, I guess, that just extrudes. And so people don't even notice that I would be somewhat insecure about my body whatsoever. So therefore, they're not. It's right. crazy how that works, but it does. Do you foresee in the future, just like there, you know, a, a BBW category was born because it was needed, that there is going to be a, I don't even know, is there even a name for, you know, the size 14 to 18? There isn't, sorta? and there needs to be. What Ugh. should it be? We need to think, like, part of me is like mom bod, and I'm like, no, that's not, but it is kind of mom bod. <laughs> it you know, it's of, it's yeah. like JCPenney Mrs. Jean yeah. size, you know, which, but that's not sexy. I mean, I want to so. just say small BBW <laughs> constantly, because now they, they, they label um, bigger, like bigger, bigger women, SS, yeah. Yeah, super size. Super size. So I'm like, why can't it just be like MS, miniature size BBW, or something like, well, MS, that's not good, actually. It's a whole different category of porn, you know, also needed, but totally different, yeah. I mean, I also want to say thick, but then we have that stupid society outlook of thick girls being the Kardashian body, where they have no fucking, like, stomach, but they have a huge ass. And it's like, well, I don't fit there either. I have a stomach, bro. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, because I would, I would a few years ago have said that body type is thick, but you're right now with like all the plastic surgery uh-huh. and the Kardashians and the tiny, like the snatched waist and the big yep. butt. Now that's become that's thick. thick. And I'm like, that's not thick. I, I personally think I am thick. I don't think yeah. I'm fat. I think I'm thick. I, I like my body. I'm not complaining. So it's crazy. It's like when Marilyn people... Monroe. I mean, yeah, exactly. She was like a size, what, 12 or 14? 14, 14. That's exactly what I am. So I'm confused on how she can be so beautiful and perfect, but people like me, according to society, are not. That's what just drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. You know what, though? A, a lot of that is driven by the industry itself. Yeah, I was, and it's, yeah. it's like sort of the same thing with race when it comes to interracial no. IR videos. It needs to be irrelevant. In fact, Tell Chris Cock, I don't know if you, you know the male performer, Chris Cock, he's doing a lot. With doing a lot of events that will hopefully make interracial stuff irrelevant. Okay. I think that he's doing a lot with that. And maybe we don't need to come up with a name I for what you are. Maybe we need to eliminate the names, even yeah, if it's right. helpful for SEO. I mean, just I just want to watch you fuck. I don't care what you're called. Yeah. Like that, that's the least important thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and what kind of, I mean, I don't get really offended, but I just get like, I guess, irritated or annoyed when I see titles of my stuff, like, you know, on Pornhub or whatever, because people, you know, obviously put it up for free and it says fatty gets fucked. And it's just like, why can't it just be Kendra gets fucked? Like I have a name. I'm not just a fucking descriptive item. Like you have to, you know, make me a person, not just a fucking sex object. I mean, yeah. p- part of it is that that industry won't change unless they hear uh-uh. from the fan base uh-huh. and they hear from the performers because producers are just going to keep doing what they do because that's what's called for and that's what's desired. Yeah. It's got to start with the fans and then they've got to hit up people like AVN and XBiz and, 
you know, people that are reviewing it so that if we can get rid of some of those categories, if we can do something to just sort of watch people fuck and not really think about what they are, yeah. or, you know, pay attention to that. I mean, it's going to be a hard task, but it needs to be done eventually. Yeah. And I completely agree. But I think the issue also with that is that there are people that have the fetishes of race play and that's never going to go away. You know, like, and that's totally fine. That's your fetish. But, you know, I've had some guys say, hey, I want you to call me the N-word. And it's like, I'm sorry, that's my hard limit. If that's what you like, maybe you can find a sex worker that will do that. But I personally don't like it. And that's the, I think that's where it mainly comes from. Because there are people that do like that really, really, really taboo fetish. And maybe that can be like a little over their side niche, but yeah. not it, driving the main categorization. Categorization. Yeah. Categorization. 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 Thank you. <laughs> of porn. Yeah. But it's funny because like as we're talking about this, I just had like a feel good moment of like, wow, that would be really cool if we didn't categorize porn, you know, by mm-hmm. race, by size. You know, I'm like having a like a John Lennon imagine you know, <laughs> well, a world it, it without porn categorized by size. Or most race. porn, and not all porn, but most porn is made for straight white men, mm-hmm. and because of that, because of things like small penis humiliation, mm-hmm. cuckolding, interracial stuff, it's how they feel about their penises. Yeah. As opposed to actually what's called for, because there's plenty of consumers out there that aren't straight white guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, you know, just like you said, Ken, it's the the porn industry that's creating and driving mm-hmm. these categories. So, hey, porn industry, Stop. drive and create <laughs> something else. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I really think we're going to see Chris Cock doing a lot with this going forward. Like, in everybody out there, take a look at the porn star Chris Cock. Uh, his company is going to really change the way you look at porn. Yeah, I've never even heard of them. Now I have to because I also want to brand myself as um, a girl that literally will have sex with any and every race. I I don't want to have this stigma. I've noticed I've only done one interracial scene my whole career, and that pisses me off. So I actually just hit up one of the producers at Jeff's Models, and I said, I want to bring my own star, and he's black. I If you don't like it, I'm not filming with you, basically. And they, they're not an issue, though, of course. They didn't take that personally or anything. They're like, yeah, no, of course, bring whoever you want. You know, they didn't care. But for me, I want to make it a point to do a film with every single race so that I can kind of take away the stigma of racism right. also. And not have it titled exactly. like, Kendra fucks, yeah. insert race here. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. <laughs> like just Kendra's fucking someone, yeah, someone and they're having a good time and, and it I doesn't almost, matter. Yeah. I almost don't even want to show, I want it to be POV almost, just so you can't even tell the race and no one could eat, like, in that way, it's kind of mind-fucking people that are racist, you know? They have no idea what they're watching, and then, oh, surprise, you're actually watching me suck off an Asian dis- person, you know, whatever. Like, I just, I really hate fucking racism. I cannot even tell you how much I hate it. Like, it is one of my biggest pet peeves. So yeah. I really want to make a point to put more content out that has to include every other race. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And it's so hard to find people guys. listening. Porn people listening, follow fucking suit because it's about time yeah. things change. It is. It, and I hate that there's such a stigma on the race on the BBC. That's, uh, I Wait, what is, what is the it? The whole BBC. BBC like, oh, God. BBC. I thought BBC. you said EBC. I'm like, what's this? It's <laughs> a new <laughs> thing. What is this? The British Broadcasting. Yeah, British <laughs> yeah, yeah, the British one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it just drives me insane to see the BBC titles. That's the one thing that I, I won't even watch it. I'm like, nope, nope, I don't care if I paid for it, not doing it. Nope, can't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. 
More people listen to Kendra. (laughs) (laughs) More equality. Oh, and another thing I've actually been noticing more in our industry this year with my size is that even the mainstream girls, the skinny girls, um, one of my really good friends, Ginger Banks, I'm sure you guys have heard of her. She came out about Ron Jeremy. Yeah, she's one of my really good friends. And I was just with her last week telling her how, like, you know, I've been feeling a little, like, fat and uncomfortable in my skin and, you know, whatever typical women shit I go through when I'm on my period, let's be honest. And she goes, fuck that. Let's go in the back and fuck right now. Fuck that, fuck that. And I'm just like, stuff like that makes me feel better because here she is, a size, like, negative zero, you know, beautiful, works for mainstream companies, and she doesn't care about weight. And neither do any of my other performer friends, let alone just performers in general. And she's also told me about how she's hung out with other models and they've said stuff like, oh my God, do you see that girl with stretch marks? Or do you see like her roles? And Ginger has literally said like, that's not really nice to say. I don't know why you think that's okay to say, let alone in front of me, because I'm not comfortable with that. And that's where we need to start. That's what we need to start doing is not necessarily shaming our friends, but showing them, hey, that's not cool. Like that's what you were born with and that you were taught at school, but that's not how we are now. And you got to stop that. I think fat shaming, body shaming, skinny body shaming, it's not acceptable. You should not be judging somebody on their fucking weight. You have no idea what they're going through whatsoever. Yeah. So, Amen. Yeah, that's another thing. Luckily, we've been doing a good change in the sex industry with that. <laughs> Yay. I hope, I really hope it keeps continuing. Me I, too. you know, and I'm glad that there's someone like you in the industry that is driving some of those, those changes and those things. Yeah. So. And that brings me to, um, I'm going to have in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com, all the places where you can be found, you know, your Twitter, your Instagram, your many vids link, your website link, all that fun stuff. But was there something going on? You mentioned BBW sex party, right? Yes, 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 yes. What's up with that? Something's up with that. So Carla Lane uh, wanted to start a series called BBW Sex Party because she noticed during the AVN nominations, all the series, there's nothing that's super um, fetishized for BBWs. Is that the right word? Am I using the right word? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So there's like nothing that's really been, she's won BBW the Year fan award, but nothing in an actual category or at Mm -hmm. least in a fan category that has to do with a BBW series. So she wants to take away, you know, all that stigma against BBWs that we have and put us directly right in the front. So she said, I want to do three movies in three months, and it's going to be called BBW Sex Party Volume 1, 2, and 3. And she has a list of girls. I'll probably butcher all of their names if I even try to list them. But the one I worked with was Carla and Sarah Starr, Carla Lane and Sarah Starr. I was there for, it was volume two, and we also had Marcello, who was our submissive little slut, and that was, like, a lot of fun. We um, anal fisted him, which was my first anal fisting I've ever done. That was great. And then I also sucked him off while doing that, so that was a great experience. Oh, nice. Yeah, and then there's a smothering scene on there, too, and then there's a scene of me stripping and giving a blowjob, which is one of my newest many vids videos also. And then the ultimate one is Sarah, Carla, and me all fucking one guy and just sharing his come at the end. So that's the BBW Sex Party Volume 2. And Courtney Trouble is the one who uh, put it all together, edited it. So she's an awesome, um, awesome, awesome sex worker, too. I actually did content with her not too long ago up in Oakland. So that is actually out on all of our websites and all of our video platforms you can find that. I think if you just Google BBW Sex Party, you should be like starring Carla Lane. You should be able to mm-hmm. find it. 
And okay, hopefully cool. it got nominated. So let's keep our fingers crossed for this Yay! ABM. Yay. Yeah, so if yeah. If that also, if we get nominated, I think it's like 10 to 15 girls would be not, 10 to 15 BBWs would be nominated for an AVN, which has never happened. In like a mainstream yes. category. Yeah. That's amazing. And that would be one huge changing thing for this freaking industry. We need something like that to really set a tone of like, everybody is accepted here. Right. Oh, yay. I'm excited. I'm going to keep my eyes I'm on really the AVN. I'm sure we'll be there. Fingers so. crossed. Yeah, we'll be yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yay. absolutely. It's a hug, you guys. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. This has been absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, and to get to know you, because like we just really connected on Twitter. This is the first time we we spoke voice to voice, even though we, it turns out we have 18,000 million mutual <laughs> friends. Yeah. So, and maybe we, I bet you like at, at one of the AVNs, we're totally in the same room. Oh, probably. At the same parties and didn't even realize I went it. to that shitty oil party this year, though. Oh, no, because she said this was her first AVN. Oh, so. yeah. okay. We weren't there last year. Yeah. Okay. Last year was the only oh, year we haven't were. been there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. this year we'll cross paths. I think I'm going to throw a party on AVN night. So I'll Sweet. definitely let you guys know. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. This has been awesome. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank I'm you so much. I'm a big much. fan of you guys, and I'm Aww. so happy to be a part of this. Oh, thank really you. Am. And I'm going to go watch one of your videos. Just a moment. <laughs> I'll be in my yes. bunk. Yay. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.